Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 ed tech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This week, I picked a few new pieces posted at eSchool that focus on managing districts online. Since the pandemic, there are lots of issues that were once theoretical, but are now part of the day-to-day business of running a district over the internet. These go from actually managing children's mental health to cybersecurity, obviously always the number one issue, but also just in terms of pure instructional techniques that before were maybe kind of conceptual, but now you really need to focus on day to day. So let's get started. First off this week, Brittany Sanford, she's the director of schools for Pearson Virtual Schools and Connections Academy, writes that the transition to online learning can be challenging but teachers and parents can navigate changes with a few strategic actions. Here are some highlights. She writes, students who attend online school today range from homeschoolers to those seeking an alternative to in-person public schools to learners who want to mix virtual schooling with in-person learning. Also, some districts have decided to keep an online option open for students who choose that method. And while numerous parents and students have chosen to make online learning part of their education, the transition can be challenging. Brittany offers five tips. I'll, I'll tease you here with three of them. Here's one. Organization and scheduling are vital. She writes, while the idea of controlling the time and pace of a child's education sounds freeing, this can be a major impediment for students unused to making their own schedule. Studies show that students' executive functioning, the part of the brain that governs planning, organizing, and paying attention, is not fully formed until high school or later. The first thing a parent or teacher should do for students new to online learning is to create some type of calendar, whether online or physical. This will give learners a go-to spot to view what's due, when, and allow them to organize. A planner can also help parents track their children's tasks, especially if they have multiple children in, in different grades. This is a tip that I can use for my own personal life. <laughs> Number two. Help is always available if you know where to look. She writes, it can be frustrating to hit a brick wall when you're learning online, so teach your learners where to get help if they need support. Teachers usually post office hours, libraries can be assessed virtually, and even message boards can help them ask questions of their classmates. If your student frequently waits to reach an instructor during online office hours, teach them how to write their questions down or note them in online materials so they will remember what they want to ask. Also, set realistic expectations by letting them know it is normal to ask for help. And here's one more. Advocate for your child's needs. Just because the method of learning is different online, parents should remember to advocate for their kids. This is true if you have a child with special needs who needs directions written out or advanced materials to stave off boredom. Even if your child doesn't require an individual education plan, Communicate their likes and needs to teachers. This is information that you would probably share at a back-to-school night. Create a relationship with their online teachers, and it will be easier to make small requests, such as extra materials or advanced tutorials. Really great suggestions here. Uh, She has several more up online. Make sure you go to eschoolnews.com and check it out. Next, Dr. Stacey Perez. She's the principal at Classical Academy High School writes about battling student isolation, an omnipresent issue that the pandemic has made just even worse. 
This piece is also up in the news feed. Uh, here's an excerpt. She writes, as educators, we must make the time to ensure that every student feels seen and heard. All of us need a support system, and this is especially important for students in their teenage years. Yet many felt alone over the past couple of years because of the pandemic-induced isolation. That isn't okay, and studies have already shown the traumatic impact the loneliness epidemic is having on students across the country. Whether talking in person or virtually, even small conversations play an important role in creating the connection students need. But it can be challenging to carve out time in our busy schedules to focus on building these relationships. So what's the solution? Well, this is eSchool News after all, and uh, she says it can come from technology. We give our students the ability to connect with us through reflection tools like Along, which is an online teacher connection builder. We provide them weekly one-on-one -on -one mentoring with a trusted adult at school through the Summit Learning Program. We've even given them the ability to speak with us through video games, and the results have been amazing. Not only are we connecting more with our students, we're seeing them drive the conversations. This focus on the teacher-student connection and the additional access allotted by digital tools means that we get to spend more meaningful time with our students. Be sure to dive in deeper in this piece to, to glean our insights on what sounds like a pretty powerful solution to a, a pretty imposing problem. Finally, it's a topic that's constantly at the top of the priority chart, even during the pandemic. Cybersecurity is an unpleasant but essential conversation for any and every education leader. There are few people more suited to get into the weeds of this issue than Mike Sanchez. He's the Chief Information Security Officer at United Data Technology. His experience and insights are hugely valuable. He's dealing with this stuff day to day, and he doesn't pretend that it's an easy solution, but he has concrete examples and suggestions on how to battle it. It was a great conversation. Here's a snippet. What advice do you give to the audience who are running districts? They have a baseline security efforts or what they think are security efforts. Maybe it's features that are baked into their various learning management systems or you know, web-based systems. And those particular Vendors are saying, well, yeah, and we, you know, we'll keep you secure. You're in your walled garden, and that's giving folks a, a false sense of security. What would your advice be to take their strategies to that next level that they need? Yeah, so look, it's very important to understand what things you're measuring because just I, I see a lack of focus on measuring things that that tells you where to focus your efforts on, right? So. One, one of the things that is so simple, and people will probably say, Mike, you're talking about the obvious terms, but, you know, yeah, like I said to you before, uh, Kevin, it might be obvious, but it's still ongoing. I see it everywhere exploited, and that is the use of passwords, hmm. right? So credential management, access management is one of the leading efforts that you can put in place today to try to minimize your attack or your exposure levels. If your passwords are less than eight characters long and you're not managing that password and you're, you're allowing for users to have blank passwords or, or, or they're not being prompted to change passwords, you're in trouble if you're not using any type of other authentication mechanism, right? So why don't allow people, one of the, this, is, this is silly to say, but one of the first things that we exploit when we do our penetration tests for clients and even ourselves is we're always looking for users that have easy, easily breakable passwords, right? 
something that's very easy to break because we have libraries of terms that we use and we can and sometimes crack things in seconds uh, right. and definitely less than in less than 10 minutes i can tell you that much mm -hmm. uh, and and sometimes we see folks that have employees that they can use similar or simple passwords like um let's say spring 2022 you'd be surprised how many folks how many people have that same password string right in there uh, as part of their credentials and in we you know, we exploit that all the time yeah. um, and so credential you know making sure that you have good credential policies in place having multi-factor authentication and i know listen i know in this industry in our space in the k-12 through space sometimes it's very hard to roll out you know, mfa multi-factor authentication right even though they might be paying for the technology but they, there might be some some type of issue that prevents us from rolling out MFA to everyone, multi-factor authentication. If that's the case, I would say, look, your passwords then have to be double strong, as doubly strong, right? They, it has to be at least 14 characters long. And listen, we implemented that here at UDT. But people understood that we want to make sure we eat our own lunch, right? You can go up online to eschoolnews.com, go under the webinar tab to hear the full story. The title is Cybersecurity in the K-12 Space, Realities and Myths. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the EdTech space. Remember, eSchool is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.